Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Who amongst us, like, didn't love Little Wayne mixtapes? Right. I think No Ceilings was just a metaphor for, like, yeah, I think billionaires should exist. <laughs> no ceilings on corporate earnings. <laughs> yeah, no cap on the tax. <laughs> no cap on the corporate tax. Yeah, he's making music for, for Republicans. And we, our goofy asses are being like, man, I really connect with him. He gets me he from the streets. It's like, nah, this bitch is rich. <laughs> he don't give a shit about you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another spectacular episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the world of black conspiracy theories and we finally work to prove that Amari Stoudemire is the only person who can truly bring an end to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The man is going to fix everything for us. That giant Jew, that giant Black Jew is going to solve the problem. Fuck Jared Kushner. I don't put my faith in Jared Kushner. Jared Kushner can't. Jared Kushner can't dunk on a nigga. Amari Stoudemire. Now that's a motherfucker that can dunk on on racism, on oppression, on the things that separate us as people. 
I am your host, Langston Carmen. As always, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. My guest today, oh man, my guest today is somebody I've known since I was a, a young person, a high schooler, and we grew up doing poetry together. We we competed in poetry in Chicago, and now he's gone on to become a very successful poet. And I am an idiot who claims that Amari Stoudemire is going to solve big issues out in the world. He's he's hilarious. He's smart. He's brilliant. You know his work. He, he wrote a book called Wild Hundreds. That's amazing. He's got a new book this year called Finna. It, he's, he's amazing. You're going to love him. Give it up for my guest, Nate Marshall, everybody. What's up? What's up? I feel like what up, dog? I feel like you ran out of funny niggas, so I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> I did not run out of funny niggas, but I did feel like, <laughs> all right, I've been talking to a lot of funny people, but most of them are idiots. It would be nice to talk to somebody who maybe has some perspective out in the world and also is very funny. Oh, dear God. This is this could be rough. Here we go. <laughs> You're, you're an author, man. You got you you gotta know something more than I do. You've certainly read your own book, which is more books than I've read total. <laughs> this is a lie, yo. Y'all don't know this. This motherfucker has a master's in poetry. Yeah, he's a, he's a and, liar. And you know that that's the scam as well as I do. But <laughs> hell yeah, we're all celebrating. I'm very excited that you're here. You came with a conspiracy theory that is one that I feel like I had heard as a kid, but had not put any real thought into. I think in part because I think I just didn't want it to be true. But you said, and I want to make sure that I get this right, because some of it is a wording that I put on it more than the wording that you gave me. But you said, my mama told me... Timberland is owned and operated by the KKK. Yeah, man, the Klan owns Timberland. Facts, take it to the bank. Yeah, the Klan owns Timberland. <laughs> and they're using the logo as an emblem of hanging people from trees. That's it. Stay woke. Stay woke. Tell me more. Get, get, dig me into this. Okay, so first off, I think as a kid, I wanted this to be true because I didn't have no motherfucking money and I couldn't uh -huh. actually have Tim's. <laughs> and, you know, so like, I sure. think I, I was woke before that was the word for it. Yeah. You know, like, I remember being in like kindergarten and being like, I'm not wearing Nikes because I heard they have sweatshops and shit. Right. Now, right. bear in mind, like all of our stuff more or less is like made in sweatshops. Yeah, it's a different kind of sweatshop, perhaps, but it's all being made by somebody who is not being paid the right amount for the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And yeah. so, so, you know, so like that was me, right? I was like, I'm not wearing Nikes, which was, which I don't even know what, what made me say that because like we shopped at Payless. So it wasn't like yeah. <laughs> we're really on the menu to begin sure. with. But I heard this about Tim's and I was like, cool. Yeah. I can cross off another thing I can't afford on the list. Sure. You're like, good. I'll stick with these Wolverine boots. Damn I don't right. need Timberland. These, these are perfect for me. These right, not these racist Wolverine. Yeah, these lugs. <laughs> Birdman, you've never hurt anybody. Thank you for your lugs that you gave me. Right. That's why little Wayne kissed him. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Birdman only gives out kisses. He's not a part of the KKK. Okay. Let me ask you this. Where did you first hear it? Do you remember the the place or the person that first offered this theory to you? You know, I don't I I I don't exactly, but I want to say even if this wasn't the place, this is like the energy that it had. I love that. My barber when I was mm. a kid <laughs> who like I remember he like gave me a Zen Buddhism book that I maybe still have somewhere. And he yeah. was like you probably not going to understand this, but here you go. <laughs> He was like, this is too... And I I remember he he would just like say incendiary things. Like one time, people almost got into a fight with him because he like stepped in the middle of the barbershop and was like, yo, fuck God. Whoa. Yeah, he was like that dude, right? That's big in a black... That's what I'm saying. He was was that guy. And I remember like there was a point when, when like right around when I hit puberty, when I transitioned, I had had another barber earlier. And I yeah. transitioned to him being like my main guy. And he was always like dropping gems. And so this and it was after much... it was after he said, fuck God, that you were like, I got to be with this dude more often. He's killing it. <laughs> I like what he's saying. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, look, I don't know. <laughs> I liked it because he was he was just committed to chaos. And I, sure. I appreciated that. I, I want to hear more about it. So why, what was the motivation? Were you there? And like, was there a clear like line of thinking or was it just like y'all niggas in here looking like you praying in your heads and I want to fuck that up? It, no, it's just like Saturday day, like barbershop banter, like yeah. soul train has gone off and now like niggas are bored. So you got to just start a pot. <laughs> yeah. I get that. You do need a catalyst. You need a person who's willing to to start the the mess of it all. And right. like, good for him for being willing to be that person. And I agree. I think I think this Timberland secret KKK connection has that barbershop energy where it's yeah. just like, yeah, of course, you're going to you're going to start doing math that ain't math. You're going to make connections that aren't really connections. Right. Or are they? Or are they? Thank you for saying that. Honestly, well, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Because here I am sitting here pretending to have already p- proven and concluded that they're not connected. And when, in fact, they very well could be. Look, all I'm saying is, is it that crazy to believe that like evil white people own a thing? Evil white people own most things, arguably. This is, you know, that's just. That's just how I live my life. I, I, sure. I realized this. I was, <laughs> I was talking to my homie the other day and I realized like I have like the, the one maxim that has never proven me wrong in life is that white folks is crazy. Yes. Okay. I listen. I hear that. <laughs> I, that feels 100 percent true. And to, to the larger or re- really more specific point in what you're saying is that at the end of almost every form of ownership is a crazy white person. So whether or not I can directly say this is the Ku Klux Klan is a different conversation. But if it, I just I, no, it's, it's a crazy white person. Yeah, Definitely man. that owns Timberland. Yeah. That's it. Easy. Easy. Like, I, I I believe that with my whole heart. Sure. I, I believe that, like, little children believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is my nigga Christmas. Like, I got understand. you. I love that. Let me ask you this. Are you in any way an owner of a pair of Timberlands now? 
do you have Tim's? Have you had Tim's since this? Absolutely. They're, they're a great shoe. They're iconic. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, they look so cool, man. You see, when I went to college, I went to college on like a bunch of scholarships. And so I was getting yeah. refund checks and it was the most money I'd ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did was go, I bought Tim's. I bought <laughs> these Pumas with the Chicago skyline on them. Sure. And like a bunch of like, Levi's that <laughs> just cause it was just like yeah go crazy that's that's totally fair and I love that the your first you spent your whole childhood being like this thing is racist there's racist insidious shit happening here and you were like I got to get me some of them racist shoes <laughs> them racist <laughs> shoes they're just built better than these regular old respectful shoes shoes yeah, that man. are filled with love and decency don't nobody want civil rights boots no That's fair. That's fair. And I think we don't talk about that enough. Martin Luther King didn't want the shoes he had. He wanted a better shoe. It was the unfair quality of America that kept him from getting that better shoe. And that's what he was fighting for. That's true. That's why they were marching. They were they were trying to (laughs) prove a point. They were like, you see, see, these shoes is talking. These shoes are talking and they're becoming worse and worse because you're making me march miles and miles for my own freedom, for the opportunity to buy better shoes. That's what I'm saying. We need some like cobblers in the system. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you you eventually find your way over to owning a pair of Tim's, to owning a better boot, as you put it. And I'm curious to know how much of that you still believe to this day? Like how much of of the Tim's KKK relationship, because we're acknowledging white people are are sort of at the top of all of this ownership chain, but how much of it are you like, Tim's and KKK, y'all are still tied up? Mm, I must say, you want me to give it like a percentage? I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm going to say like 98%. I'm, wow. I'm very, I'm tapped in. I don't know, look. Yeah, I'm tapped in. I'm connect. Okay, so 98, that's a lot. That's a, there's very little doubt in your mind. What's the 2%? Where's, what's that coming from? Uh, Maybe Jay-Z has bought it by now. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. That may be somewhere along the line, a person who is invested in, in capitalism bought it more than invested in oppression. Or at least oppression in the the first hand sense. No, no, just just specifically the Knowles Carters. Oh, just sure. Specifically <laughs> that. <laughs> specifically, Jay Z bought this, and now he he owns it. And you can judge Jay Z as it were, but that's it. That's it. I love it. Okay, so potentially Jay Z owns some part of Timberland, and that makes it less of the KKK thing. Does the fact that Timberland and the KKK have this deep connection bother you? Are you unnerved by this truth that you believe? Hmm. Does it bother me? I mean, no, I don't, you know, I don't know why I feel like if we could get all the racists committed to making like pretty high quality consumer goods. Yeah. Then I'm like, cool with that. Like, yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just, we need to give racists a trade. Sure. Now you're talking. Now you know I like where you're going. <laughs> like, I had a guy once come and, like, 
like do my like fix my roof or whatever. And I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he probably he probably voted for Trump. But like, right. My roof was good after that. Like, it was yes. great. You know what I'm saying? I think I think you're saying something really important here that ultimately racists are going to exist. It's a fact out in the world. Like we we can't do anything about it. And we're currently, you know, recording this in the wake of of an election, right? But without the decision on the other end of it. And what the election has taught us from the numbers that are coming in is racists are still thriving and alive and feeling excited to go out and vote and do all the things that activate them. And to your point, let's give them a job to do. Don't don't just eliminate them from society make the motherfuckers put boots together that's what i'm saying i want like fewer racist policy makers and more racist like woodworkers hell yeah i fuck with that that's brilliant i don't want any racist deciding where my money is being allotted but i would love for racists to have to like work for tips on the things that I'm doing <laughs> service work just doing the the shit that I don't want to do or know how to do because my hands are stupid and built for podcasts right I just I want to I want a racist just taking my order at Chipotle just hell yeah give me some queso Nick <laughs> you're not allowed to put the meal together I don't want you spitting in my shit you racist motherfucker but you could take the order <laughs> Right. And have to talk politely to me afterwards so that I tip. If you seem like a decent racist, I'll tip you. I'm not unreasonable. Fuck it. YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Drake said. That's how Drake's going to sure. solve racism. That's what Drake meant by YOLO was uh, get racist people in the uh, service industry more <laughs> Drake, And that's really what this podcast is all about. Drake has been doing the real work this whole time. And uh, he needs he deserves more credit for it, honestly. (laughs) Are we how do we feel about Drake? I don't know. Let's go into it. Thank you for asking. I think that Drake is a uh, toxic, toxic man who makes (laughs) phenomenal music, just unbelievably fun music for everybody to enjoy. And we are constantly conflating his toxicity with his fun music. And I don't know if that's fair, but on the same at the same time, we have to do it with all these other artists who eventually are going to be revealed to be evil and awful. So maybe we should do it early with Drake. That's I wish Drake like did some shit where he wasn't the star, but was like if he wrote like Broadway musicals or like elevator music or some shit where I could just be like, oh, this is catchy. And I didn't have sure. to be confronted with like him as a figure. I'd, I'd feel much, much better about it. Sure. I would love the Broadway musical Drake writes of a dude who like uh, is playing mind games with a woman for way too long <laughs> while he cheats on. Yeah, that perfect Drake musical. Just him pretending to be sad while he texts other girls in the background. Right. It's just like him being engaged for eight years. Yeah, right. <laughs> just Drake is your, your auntie's friend who comes to every holiday. And your grandma uh-huh. just, just looks at him sideways. <laughs> nobody in the family likes him, but nobody can quite get rid of him. Right. The Drake story. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, let's let's gear this back to Tim's. Do you right. think that because Tim's became really popular 
largely because of hip hop and black culture and like a lot of the sort of like artists that popularized them, that made them cool and sexy and shit. Do you think that they were aware of your conspiracy theory that the KKK mm. was somehow involved in the production of Tim's? I think, hmm, do I think they were aware? Like, do you think Nas is rapping about Tim's and fully aware that like the KKK did some shit? I, I think some of them, but I don't know if the okay. word got around, right? Like, I think this might be like why, for example, like, I can't remember if it's all a Wu-Tang or just like Ghostface, but mm -hmm. he he basically only wears wallabies. I think that's mm. not just a style choice. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I'm gonna keep these anti-racist shoes on like i can't even rock right these, with these timberlands which is so interesting especially because i feel like new york dudes are you know everybody in new york has like you, you like go there and you just get two pairs of tims it's just like what happens right yeah so wu-tang they had the knowledge i love the idea that Ghostface has just been a responsible consumer this whole time. <laughs> and like, yeah, he's a dude that got rich selling crack, but also I'm not, I'm not going to support the KKK. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like that's, that's the real 5%. It's, it's like the 5% of the population that knows KKK mm. owns Timberlands. <laughs> right. Everyone else is just an 85. -er. I don't know. <laughs> sure. That's what that whole religion is all about is, uh, <laughs> The people who are woke enough to know what the KKK did with the Tims. <laughs> I love that. I do think one of the things that sort of is coming out of this entire election period, this Trump experience, as you will, is hip hop's willingness to invest in quote unquote white supremacy or certainly like anti-blackness. Um, and what we're seeing is a lot of them are real down for it. Like they don't give a fuck enough to not buy in. So like, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I believe, I believe a few of them knew and we're like, fuck it. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I, I mean, well, first off, I just have to name that you said Trump experience, which sounds like Disney quest for racism. <laughs> uh, and that's fantastic. I would, I honestly would maybe love go that. to that. Yeah. <laughs> And the Trump experience, <laughs> it's just a ride. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, right. Like, there's just arcade games that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they don't work, they go, it's your fault. You dumb, poor bitch. You should have <laughs> had more money. Then it'll work. <laughs> the Trump experience. The Trump experience, baby. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we're seeing so many hip hop artists connect themselves with Ultimately, like super sort of like a conservative theory, right? That like, I want to keep my money. I want to be protected. You know, uh, I, I earned it. I want to keep it kind of energy. Yeah. And so like, that's not that far from being like, I like the shoes. I want to wear them. I don't care who made them. Yeah. But I think that's kind of like always. Been, I mean, this is like one of the hip hop is there's a lot of things in hip hop. It's a very complicated cultural space. But mm hmm. That strain has always been there, right? Like, we've always sort of celebrated, you know, how many references to Donald Trump or Warren Buffett or being Black Bill Gates or whatever are there in the mm -hmm. music over the last, you know, d many decades, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's absolutely a thing. And, and I get why, or I get how, like, somebody like Trump 
his kind of his kind of like I don't give a shit about what people if people think I'm rude or like how I talk to people like of course yeah. that's that's of, of like of course that would be attractive to someone like Ice Cube who's like look there's women and there's bitches like yeah. obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's I think to your point their language isn't that different. It's just the way that they choose to express themselves is is the difference. And people were presuming for the longest that black meant liberal or black meant hip hop meant like being on the side of sort of like the oppressed. And it doesn't. It just means a nigga rapping. And sometimes niggas rap about mean, awful things and they kind of mean it when they do. Yeah. This is another thing, too, that we got to think about with, like, all the, especially, like, all the sort of 90s and 2000s all-stars that Trump, like, trotted out for his goofy-ass Yeah, Is, like, all these dudes have been, have had money way longer than they didn't have money. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. They, and, and to that point, they have connected and built relationships that are so far from the money that they didn't have at this point mm-hmm. that not having money is an unfamiliar idea. That, like, you literally don't know any broke people and you ain't been broke in so long. What the fuck do I have to talk about with y'all? Right. And, and like, th- particularly, I'm thinking of those two dudes, right? Like, they're some of the rare kinds of rappers who actually have, made enough money in their careers to conceivably like pull everyone else around them who who they care about like their families or whatever into mm-hmm. that same space right yeah. so it's not even necessarily like they go back ha- go back to their hood like you know I'm a college professor I'm yeah. not rich but I do yeah, okay yeah, yeah. I'm fine right. I like own a house but like if I want to go visit my family they're still in the same motherfucking place I left them cuz yes I don't have money like that. You can't like fix that. that. Yeah. I can't fix that, right? <laughs> you can't do anything for them. And and I think it, that's exactly right. And I think the even scarier part, if we're really following that chain of fixing things or separating yourself, they also are two examples of people who went on to get a white institution's higher education, right? So like in hip hop, a bunch of rappers pretend not to be smarter than they are, but these two dudes actually like went and got fucking like master's degrees and like bachelor's degrees and that yeah. whole thing. And I think part of that is them beginning to separate themselves from their poverty. It's them yeah. like moving away from all the things that connected them from brokenness and they ain't going back no matter who's in charge of it. No, sure. And I, and I don't like, I don't fault someone for not wanting to sh- to be broke or not wanting to struggle like that's a hundred percent that's a human experience that's a, that's a very human yeah. emotion but them niggas some coons <laughs> i don't know i don't mean that's not even a joke i don't even have anything funny to say about that that's just <laughs> it's some coon shit i look man. i love it i think there's no better way to throw to a commercial break we're gonna take a break we'll be back with more nate marshall and more my mama told me Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Nate Marshall, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about the insidious underbelly of the Timberland production and potentially the coons that support it, the coons that love it. I I just love coon shit. Listen, (laughs) who amongst us hasn't loved coon shit once in our life? And I think that's a fair point. Who amongst us hasn't been like, damn. I don't know. I kind of fuck with that. And then you have to wrestle with all of us love Terry Crews. That's the <laughs> we love Terry. You know what I mean? That's the part that we're like pretending is like we fucking Terry was in Kendrick videos. Terry was in uh, Friday after next. We love Terry. And then Terry That's did true. some coon shit. And some of us tried to negotiate with it and be like, I don't know. He's okay, and then we found out like, ah, damn, we got to jump off the Terry train. Right. Remember when he made that fucking? I I wish I could remember what it was. He made that like it was like an acrostic poem on on Twitter. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do think not it, remember it was that. Of the word coon or some shit. It was it was some. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. I do remember that now. It was like Jigaboo, but written down, and he had like written all the different. Uh, it was like. Jigaboo just means just in tune with (laughs) (laughs) goofy ass out of here, Terry. 
unfortunately, that's that's all my next. My next book is just strictly gonna be sure. racist acrostics. I'm gonna be like <laughs> Moon Cricket <laughs> making our own nation, <laughs> creating riches in <laughs> and cool. <laughs> cutting edge, cutting with a K, cutting yeah. edge uh, <laughs> technology. <laughs> Moon cricket. I love that. No, I I do think that to your point, there is a fair amount of stuff that like uh, retroactively gets labeled as like coon shit or like unacceptable things for the quote unquote black community. And sometimes the shit was cool, and then we realized later that it has a pro- problematic nature to it absolutely absolutely my mom has a uh, her favorite book growing up was little black sambo she didn't know mm. she was just like book has a little black boy on it it's cool yeah i like it yeah. I, I, it makes me feel seen <laughs> yeah and unfortunately i shouldn't be seen this way but i didn't know that i was right. a kid but it's literal coon shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Are we? laughs> let's talk tim's Let's talk. Let's talk Tim's. Okay. Here's one of the things that I discovered in my research about the this Timberland controversy is that Timberland claims to have zero connection to the KKK, right? Absolutely zero connection to the KKK. And it was in fact founded by a dude uh, named uh, Nathan, Nathan Swartz. In 1952, and uh, you guessed it, he's a Jewish guy. And so his whole point is, uh, what connection would I possibly gain in, or, or what would be the reasoning in me connecting with the KKK? He said it's a completely absurd suggestion and there's no validity to it. Okay, now here's where it gets exciting. The reality is that that conspiracy theory actually came from a poem. It's, it's a miracle if you will, that you came to us with this because you are a fantastic poet. But the conspiracy itself came from a poem that was being spread around in March of 1999 all over the Internet. And it was being attributed to Maya Angelou. (laughs) (laughs) There's a poem that was going around that Maya Angelou apparently wrote. That actually uh, makes all kinds of suggestions about like the various like communities that are connected. Like it's part of where that Tommy Hilfiger calling you nigger came from. That like that thing that everybody said was an Oprah episode was actually from this poem. And there's like things where they it gets real problematic. At one point they go, you come up in the world wearing Versace clothes made by a homosexual male. So even when you say you are straight, it is very hard to tell. (laughs) (laughs) It's a wild piece of writing, right? But. When we get to the Timberland section of it all, it goes, uh, let me make sure. And for footwear, you wear Timberlands, even under the sun. That same tree, that's the symbol for them. Could have been the same one your ancestors were hung from. Wow. And then it says, many people reclaim your status in this world and in your life. FUBU, 
in case you didn't know, stands for for us, by us. Buying black will someday suffice. Do you know who owns Timberland fashion? Well, Timberland is owned by the president of the KKK. Surprise? Don't be. Read more books, black people. Always hope for the best and prepare for the worst. You may not get what you pay for, but you'll surely pay for what you get. I like that because earlier it had like the rhyme scheme and then it was like, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I just got I got knowledge <laughs> to drop. <laughs> this shit too important. I can't be rhyming on these niggas all day. Right. I got to talk that talk. <laughs> wow. That's. Wait, was this? This is absolutely not a my <laughs> No, no. How dare you, sir? How dare you? How d- I should hang up this Zoom call right now. Look, I asking, know is this a? <laughs> I know it's not, but the world in which this is a Maya Angelou poem is—it's a fun world. To, yeah, I would love for Maya Angelou to be like just writing about Timberland and being super homophobic. Like, what if what if that was just like the poem she did at like the Clinton inauguration? <laughs> she was just like, and that could be the same. She just did that in the middle of poetic justice. (laughs) I love that. So Maya Angelou uh, did not write this poem. And in fact, her representatives, when this poem began to circulate as a quote unquote Maya Angelou poem, uh, immediately jumped on it. And their response is so funny because they basically said, look, that's clearly not a Maya Angelou poem. And we are offended that you would think writing this terrible would come from Maya Angelou. They weren't even offended by the ideas. They're like, this is a bad piece of writing. And my girl writes good. This is trash. They were like, this shit has no bars. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that. I, damn. I hope to one day, like, get there where people are just, like, putting my name on shit I did not say. That's it's pretty cool. That's, like, a that's a different level. That's, like, Maya, like, fucking Mark Twain and Shakespeare. Yeah. And so part of the reason that I think that it began circulating that way is because in in the year 1999, when it sort of is becoming a thing, right, this poem that's being posted all over the Internet, there aren't real ways of tracing things. And it's a poem about like black life and black struggle in America. And the name most synonymous with black poetry at that time is Maya Angelou. That's that's who you would go to for this information so it became almost like a a weird game of telephone if you will right damn i know why the cage bird sings because you niggas are wearing (laughs) like burberry like what 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 an incredible (laughs) line of life it's wild (laughs) so the So this happens and then it starts to kind of uh, snowball, right? That after we start seeing this poem circulating on the Internet, then there's this quote that uh, gets attributed to the CEO of Timberland. And at this point, they're not naming the CEO, but they're uh, on this site called Naha Daily Report. A posted that basically uh, quote saying Timberland's new appointed CEO lost it at its at a earnings press conference and revealed that he'd rather not see blacks and Latinos in his boots during the summertime, admitting that it's just tacky to wear boots in the summer. They're work boots, but let's be honest, they don't like work, is what he was supposed to have said. Wow. Oh my God. I wish this was all very true. Wow. I want this Netflix documentary. God damn it. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. So many New York motherfuckers I know would just be deeply hurt and offended by, by such a statement. Because yes. all they do is wear boots in the sun. Right. <laughs> Not only are you uh, telling me I don't work, but also you're discrediting my entire fashion, my entire sense of self when you say shit like that. So it gets it gets even more fascinating because this site, Naha Daily Report, apparently it's no longer a website or at least not a very high functioning one. But Naha <laughs> Daily Report uh, was was a predecessor to The Onion, that it was meant to be like a ironic website where they make uh, jokes and shit. But as you can clearly see, that's not a good fucking joke. That's just a, a fake thing you put on the Internet and like cause chaos and dissension amongst the community. Damn. Wow. I Again. Huh. <laughs> but is this is this a joke or is this like the joke that's true? Because mm. I keep talking. I'm just saying this doesn't still doesn't seem un untrue to me. I don't know. Like, yes. Sure. Yes. OK. The founder was Jewish. Yep. That's true. But presumably, right, this founder, he had business partners. He had other people in the business. There probably weren't, you know, many black folks, if any, mm -hmm. any, any Puerto Ricans or Mexicans, Asian yeah. folks. It was a bunch of white people. And so it just chances yeah. are there was somebody in there who was clanning it up. OK, I'm glad you're saying this because up to this point, we've uh, at least I thought we were working to uh, discredit some of this theory. But you're like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm still not sold. And I'm, I'm glad down. you're not sold. Double down, my friend, because in 1993, right, 1993, hip hop has started to take over. They're investing big in Timberland and Timberland is sort of becoming a brand of the urban youth. But the Timberland executives are not necessarily bought into that yet. Right. So in 1993, in a New York Times interview, the then VP Jeff Swartz, which is the grandson of the original Swartz, Nathan Swartz, who was in charge of this shit, actually said in an interview, Timberland is being adopted by a consumer that we didn't know existed relative to our target audience, which he described as honest, hardworking people. So basically, he said, like, these niggas grabbing it and we ain't really planned for them. And also, they're not honest or hardworking the way that we were aiming. This is some other shit that ain't honest and hardworking. And we don't know what to do with that. Listen, listen. Y'all stay woke. Sounds yeah. sounds clan adjacent. And that's from the New York Times. That's not even No, that's a real article from the New York Times in which he <laughs> and he goes on to basically explain that like it just wasn't the demographic that they were aiming for, right? That when they created Timberland, it was meant to be a work boot for working people. And the working people that he was imagining, and he doesn't quite say this, but it's all implied in the undertext, is is white working class people. The and white so, working class, once again. Yeah, exactly. And he's completely ignoring the fact that many of the black people that are wearing Tims are working class people, too who just happen to spend their money differently. Absolutely. This is what I'm saying. Martin Luther King, the niggas was marching for access <laughs> to shoes. 
I don't think you're wrong. And he, so he catches a lot of uh, flack for that, right? Like people get pretty upset at the idea of this guy basically saying like, I, in essence, I don't want niggas wearing my boots, or at least that wasn't the plan. And so Timberland then has to do a lot of fixing and reevaluating in terms of their relationship with the black community. And it's not until like the late nineties that Timberland starts to really like, invest in black advertisement that they start to really like put the tim's ads in the vibe magazines and start to reassociate themselves with the hip-hop artists intentionally and not just like on accident with nas rapping about it or biggie rapping about it listen i'm telling you man ghostface killer is the fucking <laughs> civil rights leader of our time no one's gonna convince me otherwise <laughs> Nobody can convince me. <laughs> put Ghostface, put Ghostface on the monument because that he's it. That's all right. we need. Is... I want one of them, <laughs> one of them like posters that you buy on the side of the road where someone's also mm -hmm. selling shea butter and black soap. Yep. With like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X like playing pool with Obama, uh... <laughs> and I want Ghostface there like shooting dice in the corner. Yeah, I love that. I want one of those Tyrese paintings. Tyrese made that beautiful painting where wait, it was. Wait, 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 wait. Tyrese, oh, you didn't know about this, nigga? No. What? Okay, well, well, wake up, brother. <laughs> There's other artists out here other than Picasso. There's other artists out here than 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 your Basquiat. A brother named Tyrese Gibson of Fast and Furious fame. <laughs> <laughs> made a beautiful painting in which Malcolm X is baptizing Tupac in a river as I believe Martin Luther King looks on. I've the seen heavens. that. Tyrese made that? That's a Tyrese Gibson original. Put that oh up my... in, your, in your home. Oh my God. <laughs> you should oh be God. so lucky to get the original of that. Wow. Baby boy out here. Yeah, oh, no, he did that, and he's continuing to do the work, and damn. we don't give him enough credit. It should damn. be Ghostface and Tyrese Gibson as the the greatest civil rights leaders we have, and Shannon Sharp for some reason. I think Shannon Sharp <laughs> does a lot of does a lot of good work for the black community. Uh, he's just mush mouth, so we can never tell what he's saying. I agree. <laughs> I love Shannon Sharp. <laughs> excellent memes. There's some excellent meme work. Great memes. Bug-eyed, sweaty man. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. He works hard. He works hard. Okay, so this is where I think it gets even more interesting. So the quote that we were talking about goes on in the conversation. He went on to say, if you hear that hip-hop kids are wearing Timberland boots and women are wearing Timberland boots with sundresses at a Donna Karen fashion show, that's a coin in current dollars. But how in the world is that sustainable? So he's basically asking the question, how long is hip-hop going to last? And so in retrospect, he now knows hip hop is going to become the biggest industry in all of music and like the most profitable of all of like the music forms. And so Timberland then has to realize that and fix that. And so in the late 90s is when they start introducing all the Tims with like the custom colors and like the weird designs and shit. And it's because they started fully being aware that like, oh shit, hip hop's not going anywhere. And we can't just keep servicing a bunch of dudes who are only going to buy work boots every five years. Right. I mean, that's the thing is like, 
if you're like fashionable, you'll you'll buy a new shoe every season or more, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, if you're like actually using Tim's to like go to work, right? You buy them shit and then you don't buy some until the next decade. Yeah, I'm not gonna keep buying more every, but like a dude who's really into Tim's and mm-hmm. wants to look fly will buy a new pair every month, and like yeah. That's that's real money that you could be gaining. And so they I think they figured out that, like, this is the brand we need to invest in and stop playing like this is a hard working man's boot. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, unfortunately, maybe the most expensive shoe I ever bought in my life was like a Timberland streetwear mashup. Oh, <laughs> sure. One of them Supreme type energies of like, yeah, it was we're linking them shits were cold. Yeah, they were like very high and they had this like. They were like gray suede. Yeah. Them shits felt like walking on baby seals. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But damn, wow. That's, you really, you really like actually researched. Yeah, no, I I take my time with it. Here's, here's, so Timberland after this, uh, this debacle, if you will, this issue with offending the black community or offending the hip hop community, then sort of like tries to rebrand itself as like a cool brand that deals in in respectable politics and doesn't, you know, looks out for the community, even though they're a billion dollar uh, industry and probably do horrible things and, and whatever. But in 2010, Timberland once again gets in trouble, not with the black community this time, but Greenpeace comes after them because they claim that Timberland has a bunch of connections with deforestation in Brazil, that like they are responsible for farmers who are cutting down massive amounts of the rainforest so that they can basically set up cattle farms and then sell Timberland back the cowhide. Damn. You know what? I'm going to fuck you up real quick. Okay, hold on. You about to talk that talk? Because I'll let you talk that talk. Yes, let me talk that talk. Okay, Nate, this is beautiful. I'm excited. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Whenever you're ready, talk that talk. All right, so you said that Timbaland is responsible for deforestation in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Word. That makes sense to me. Well, you know what else was in Brazil? The majority of the slaves in the transatlantic slave trade. Listen, right? Brazil black is fuck. Brazil <laughs> is some nigga shit. They don't want you to know that, right? But you got to stay woke. And this is the thing about it. They deforest and what are they doing with the trees? Hanging niggas. Whoa. Wow. Shit. That's called motherfucking boys, nigga. <laughs> talk that talk, Nate. Okay. I see what you're doing. It's connecting. It's starting. The math is starting to math. We're talking about deforestation. The trees is still the emphasis. It is a homage to the history that they've built of hanging niggas from trees. And they go to the most niggery place they could find, which is Brazil in this scenario. Listen, ain't look, there's no no more niggery place (laughs) in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> that might be true. I honestly, I listen. That don't look. I don't have the math, look, but I think that might actually be true. It's between that and in the south side of Chicago. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one. It's one of. Look, you ever seen Capoeira? Them niggas are doing martial arts and dancing. That 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 is the most nigga shit yeah. ever. Because niggas love Bruce Lee movies, right? And motherfucking funk records, right? Everybody's uh, fighting like the Black Power Rangers. So yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> 
That makes perfect sense to me. Now, it's, it is worth noting, and uh, your talk, that talk was exceptional, but it is worth noting that Timberland actually said that only 7% of their cattle comes from Brazil. And then immediately after was like, we'll stop. We'll just stop so that y'all don't have to claim that we did that anymore. And they have also like gone out of their way to be anti-racist when like a French fashion label, APC, uh, their CEO came out uh, in the middle of a big conference and basically like went on stage and said uh i want to make sure i have this right he says uh i call this one look last niggas in paris this is a white man why because it's the sweet spot when the hood the hood meets Bertolucci's movie Last Tango in Paris. So that's Last Niggas in Paris and Last Niggas in Paris after an awkward pause. And then he goes, oh, I'm glad some people laughed at me. Yes. I mean, it's nice to play with the strong signifiers. The Timberland here is a very strong ghetto signifier in the ghetto. It is all the Timberlands, all the big chain, not all the same time. Never. It's bad taste. So we designed Timberlands with Timberlands. <laughs> Wait, it's bad taste. It's bad taste. I love that because now I'm just imagining like a thug that nigga like imagine like two chains like uh, like like putting on his his chains sure. and then like about to like put like the third chain on yeah. and just be like it's bad That's taste. That's bad taste. <laughs> put that shit back. I got all my Tims and three chains. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not unreasonable. That's bad taste. <laughs> So Timberland, Timberland hears this guy go on this weird fucking French rant. And uh, then they like, hey, we can't work with you anymore. And they were celebrated as heroes for cutting that relationship. Damn. Ghetto Signifier is the name of my next rap album. I hope so. (laughs) Wow. Honestly, I love like, I know that was a racist, like little thing that he just said. Yeah. And I, I agree. But wow, it was just so good. Yeah. (laughs) No, he was spitting. And uh, I didn't like what he was spitting. But bars is bars. You know what I mean? Like, you got to talk that talk. Yeah, let him shine. (laughs) Let him finish his (laughs) sentence. Then you deal with the emotional uh, feelings afterwards. But no, fuck that. Let him go off. I think, damn, is this this is how, like, Takashi 6ix9ine fans must feel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, a hundred percent. It's just them being like, Damn. I don't know, bro. He going off. I don't agree with it, but go crazy. Yeah, shit. Look, the world. Look, life is sh- YOLO. YOLO. Thank you, Drizzy. No. We're gonna take one more break, <laughs> and we'll be back with more Nate Marshall and more. My mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 
10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we are back. If you want to reach those kids on the street, then you got to do a rap to a hip-hop beat. Oh my so I God. gave my sermon yes. an urban kick. My rhymes are fly, my beats are, are sick. sick. My crew is big and it keeps getting bigger. That's because Jesus Christ is my nigga. <laughs> yeah, we're back here with more Listen. Nate Marshall. We're celebrating Jesus Christ, our nigga Jesus Christ. And all Listen. he does for us. <laughs> Had Listen. you heard that before? You know that song? He's the son of the original G. You goddamn right I know that song. I love that. I played that shit, I played that shit the other week for my girlfriend because she was like, I was like, babe, have you never heard this? <laughs> and she was like, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever you've never heard this masterpiece? This shit is like, this shit is like purple haze to me. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's my dramatic. Sure. I love that. Y'all can have Jimi Hendrix if you want to. I want that old dude in a backwards hat and a suit jacket for some reason. Right. This shit is this is that's my songs in the key of life. <laughs> I have a fun game for us to play, and it's a game called Make That Brand Racist. Love that it's a very fun game where I will introduce to you. Uh, much in the way that we are unpacking the Timberland logo and potentially connecting it to the KKK and hanging people from trees, I am going to introduce to you other logos that potentially might have something insidious in their imagery. And what I would love for you to do is just unpack it. Help me find the racist elements of whatever this is. That work for Perfect. you? I love finding the racism. Love finding the racism. Great. So the first logo, and I'm going to describe them all. I'm not even going to show them to you. They're all ones that you're familiar with, I'm sure. And if you need to look them up, you absolutely can. But the first logo is the polo logo, the man on the horse swinging the polo stick, the polo logo. What's racist in there? Okay. All right. So I was watching The Godfather the other day, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, in The Godfather, 
the like big movie executive, he has this beautiful horse that he loves. Yep. There's a point where the horse gets uh like fucking killed ahead. The the head is chopped off and left in a dude's bed. Yes. It's like a threat. But you know who was taking care of the horses? Niggas. That's the only black people in the fucking Godfather. <laughs> it's the motherfucker who's taking care of the horses. It's the only one. So uh, okay. Hell yeah. It's racist <laughs> because niggas took care of the horses sure. but couldn't couldn't ride the horses. Also, did you know, and this is actually a true fact. A bunch of the motherfuckers who used to win the Kentucky Derby were black, and black people were no. winning so much, they had to ban niggas. They banned niggas in, like, the late, early 20th century. Whoa! Because niggas well, would... That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> the shit was... It was like the fucking NBA. It was just... Everybody was black. Swear to God. Whoa! I didn't know that. Okay. There's a few things to unpack in that statement because number one, I love the fact that that yes, the black people who took care of that horse should be in the logo as well. They should be like posing next to the horse, like posted up, being you know, like, "Yeah, that's my horse. I brushed his tail. Right. I made him look fly." And it's not just the dude who's swinging the polo mallet that gets to be celebrated. It's some niggas that worked hard on it. But then, holy shit, I had no idea that black people were banned from horse racing that's nuts yeah that shit is true man i learned something new on this podcast every day and some of it's made up and i still celebrate it stay woke (laughs) (laughs) next logo okay the next logo this is exciting lacoste you know that alligator with his mouth open he's got a, a red tongue and his mouth is open the lacoste logo what's racist in the lacoste logo Oh, damn. This is actually a very easy one. Okay. This is very easy. You ever heard the term gator bait? I have not. So so this is this thing. I think, I don't know if it was true or if, or if it's like a sort of urban legend, but they say that like in slavery times, like in Florida, in like the sort of Southern swampland, like white people would use black babies, like black enslaved babies. Whoa. And feed them motherfuckers two alligators and actually the university of florida i think who are the gators right there that's like their football team all that yeah they they uh-huh. have like they, they do like the chomp thing whatever yeah, yeah, yeah i think they have like a gator bait song or chant or something and they like you know you know this summer like the george floyd stuff all that stuff brianna taylor all that like happened and people were like you know we're the Washington football team now or whatever the fuck. Oh. Racism. They they are like, we're going to stop doing that. They were like, hey, guys. we, you know, that racist song we sing? We'll chill. We yeah. ain't got to do that no sorry, more. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> swear, but swear to God, easy. Whoa. Because them niggas eating black babies. Man, you're killing it right now. I didn't know. That's another fucking thing I didn't know. Gator bait. <laughs> they were feeding, or at least imagining feeding black slave children to alligators. That's just yeah, mean. Man. There's not even a reasoning for it. That you losing money, dog. You fucking up your own. That picture. little black baby could have grown up to be a, a useful tool. A, a nice uh <laughs> a nice He could have been a cobbler. Mm. And then we could have better quality black shoes in the community. Oh, and then Martin shit. King wouldn't have had to march. Oh shit. <laughs> oh fuck. So you saying you saying they're stealing our potential leaders and best from us 
by feeding them to alligators for their own entertainment. And even worse, now they put that alligator that they used to murder those black babies on a polo shirt that they sell for, for $70 and, and put a pastel color on it and make it seem like it's an expensive, uh, illustrious brand. This is yeah. wild. Lacoste, shame on you for that thing that we just created as a fictional thing that you did. <laughs> They just taunt us, man. Here's another fun one. And maybe th this will be our last one. This is yeah. a fun one, and I'm very excited for this one. Chanel. The label Chanel, Damn. which is those two C's that are interlinked, that are not facing each other, but are still linked in the middle. What's racist about Chanel? Damn. Oh, this, this is interesting. You know, you. I realized also that now I'm going to just be playing this game constantly with myself. It's so fun. <laughs> it's it's a fun game. I'm so happy I came up Damn. with it. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Chanel. Chanel. Oh, all right. Got it. All right. I don't know if you remember. There was a guy. Uh, I think his name was a uh, Reverend like Joseph Lowry or something. He, he gave the benediction at Obama's first inauguration. Mm-hmm. But there was a point where he was like, where he started saying this sort of little chant. It was like, you know, if you brown, stick around. If you black, stay back. Mm -hmm. If you white, you all right. All the, right. He was like, the days of that are gone. That was kind of his, right. his like moment, right? He was where motherfuckers were like, oh, that nigga spit. Yeah. But um, I think that sh the Chanel logo is a visual metaphor mm -hmm. for if you black, get back. Because it's like, the C, which stands for colored, like walking towards you. <laughs> but then there's another C that's like, nah, you got to go back. Oh. It's like he's being turned around. It's like a mirror image. It's like the person being redirected in the direction that they were supposed to be in their mind. Right. Like the first C is like, I would like to eat at the lunch counter. And the second C is like, nah. <laughs> they said I nah, can't come in. <laughs> You can't get no fucking sandwich. <laughs> Man, you fucking nailed it. The only thing I could come up with was uh, Caucasian. C for call and C for Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Cajun. Wow, I only... Damn, I'm only calling white people Cajuns. Y'all Cajun. <laughs> Look at these Cajuns over here. <laughs> That's some Cajun activity. Yeah, these Cajuns acting up. This was fun. This was a great time. This is great. Nate, can you tell Thank the you. the people at home where they can find you? Any cool shit you have going on to look out for? Yeah. Uh what what do y'all need to know? I don't know. I'm on Twitter. I tweet about poems and shit that makes me laugh. Yeah. And uh I'm at Illuminate Mics, M-I-C-S, all one word, on there. I don't know. Just Google me. I write poems, buy my book, whatever. Buy the man's God bless book. You. God, and God bless you, but buy his goddamn book before I get upset. <laughs> you idiots. What are you listening to this yeah. for if you're not going to buy his book? Dummies. Listen, uh, in the next book, I'm putting I'm putting this Maya Angelou poem, so get ready for that one. <laughs> That's just going to be the whole cover is the Maya Angelou poem, and then you open yeah. up for Nate's work. Yeah, pre-order that book. It's, it's going to be called uh, <laughs> The Last Niggas in Paris. <laughs> 
beautiful 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 piece and as always you can find me at langston kerman and please if you have any drops if you have any conspiracy theories if you have any cool stuff that you think that i should be aware of or you want to hear on the podcast please send that to my mama pod at gmail.com i would love to hear from you like and subscribe to the podcast i love when people say mean things so go crazy on that otherwise bye Some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as life continues to fly by make the most of your me moment take a pause and enjoy a keebler sandies